0: Today on the GYST podcast, we talk about mindfulness and the benefits of being present and in the moment. That's coming up on the GYST podcast. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your fair podcast, the GYST podcast also known as Get Your Shit Shit. Together. Hello, everyone. I am one of your co-hosts, Rohila. And with me as always... Glenn Rux here. Patrick Liam. And Scott Change. Scott Change, welcome back. Glad to have you here, buddy. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Change.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, fantastic episode today. One that really resonates with me. And I'm excited to talk about this. It's something that we've mentioned on air off and on throughout the years but it's never really had its own dedicated episode and so our boy Patrick Liam wanted to talk about this so with that I'm gonna hand the microphone over to you Patrick take it away buddy
2: all right so we're gonna talk about mindfulness the act of being present in the moment to help kind of reduce stress and improve self-awareness and ultimately help reflect it's a it's a way to define your reflection in a way do you got how do you guys do that do you, do you use mindfulness? Do you use uh, apps uh, to reflect? I know journaling is an option. and
1: All the time. Yeah. When it comes to my emotions, and I, I've i made no, you know, made no uh, mystery about some of my anger issues in the past, right? What? Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've had anger issues in the past, yeah. Went through anger management. I wouldn't management. know from all those black eyes from us hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only because your jugs keep hitting you in the face when you run from me. That's okay. It's a bad joke. Where's the bad joke? There it is. Thank you. Bad joke. Glenn's bad joke of the day. Uh, Anyway, with anger management, um, one of the things that I was taught in the classes I was sort of required to take was to be mindful of my emotions, to analyze my emotions and then ask myself, why am I feeling that way? So when it came down to an issue, let's say something pops up like, uh, I don't know, uh, a car cuts me off on the freeway and almost kills Rohit. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of getting angry, I'm asking myself, okay, was anyone hurt? No. Okay, is it really going to affect me the rest of the day? Well, it could if I let it. Should I let it? No. Why? Because I don't want to ruin my day. I don't want to take away from the things that I plan on doing,
3: especially if it's something so small and simple and dumb. Right. Because, I mean, how are you going to let something that lasted 10 seconds ruin 24 hours of your day?
1: And really most things that pop up don't even last 10 seconds, right? Mm. You know, someone cutting you off. How long does that take? couple seconds. Someone, you know, flipping you the bird. If you accidentally cut them off. Okay, cool. They, they flip the finger. What did that actually do to you?
2: I've been using it. Um, there's an app on my Apple Watch that has a mindfulness thing built into it. It reminds me every day, hey, take take 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes to push this button. And when you push it, it asks you various different questions, all ranging from think of a time when you overcome a struggle or think of a happy moment from your childhood, just different prompts. Mm-hmm. And then it you know lets you kind of you know, close your eyes, think about it, tune into those emotions. How did it make you feel? What did it ultimately do for you?
0: Yeah. One of the, I, I am a huge proponent of being centered in, in the moment. And to me, that's what mindfulness is. It's being centered. Too often we find ourselves trapped within our mind and all the different voices that we're hearing. Uh, when we tend to focus on the past, what that does is that leads to depression. If we focus on the future, we're filled with anxiety. And so what do you do to center yourself and cut down on all those voices and just be present and in the moment. And it's almost like taking a, a, a mental timeout. And if I'm working with someone, if I'm, if I'm coaching them, I'll literally put up the, the timeout. I'll say, timeout, stop. Especially if they're in the moment and their thoughts are leading them down a, a negative mindset or a mindset that we're working on overcoming. I'll say, stop, timeout. And if it's bad enough, I'll say, I want you to go outside, close your eyes, and listen to every single noise that you hear. There's a special magic that happens when you focus on your sense of hearing, because oftentimes it is the sense that we pay the least amount of attention to. Mm. So if we focus only on our hearing, it changes things like right now. I've got my headphones on and I'm hearing only myself, but in the studio today, we have one of our friends, Megan Houston with us and she is not wearing a headset. She is hearing things that, that we aren't not just the, the voices from our podcast, but maybe a car driving by or, you know, goober running around and, and you hear his little toenails on the hardwood floor. When we can do that, when we can take that time out, go outside And only focus on what you're hearing. What that does is that takes all of your thought processes away from the past, away from the future, and just brings you present. And that is where we need to focus on. But oftentimes, that's the part that we focus least on. Mm. Like
3: meditation, like it's right. I struggle with it so much, and I actually didn't realize I was meditating, except I did. You know, it was running. When I first started running, I didn't actually listen to music. And, you know, you pointed out perfect words. It's, it's, you know, you, you listen to the world pretty much. So with no music, I would just go and, you know, I would zone out. But, you know, I would pick up sounds of birds and random people jogging or, you know, usually snakes slithering everywhere once in a while, which I have to keep my ears out. Um, but, no, it's it's stuff like that that helps you center yourself. And But for me just to sit there and be quiet, like... Just the way I work, the way I was raised, it's just I have to be doing something or else I'm not doing anything. I'm moving backwards.
0: And, and for you, Scott, I think that's doubly important mm-hmm. because you spend all your day at Pike Place Market. Yes. It is not a quiet place. Oh, no. Your your sense of smell, because you do flowers. Yes. The hearing, because just the sheer number of people, cars, traffic going by, uh it's easy to be on sensory overload, so much so that there are probably times that you come home, you're just exhausted, and you don't even know why. It's that sensory overload. You're being inundated with it.
3: I think after so many years, I've gotten used to it. It's become The market has become a white noise to me. There's a point in the day where it stops becoming noise, and it just becomes like a background, it's kind of like you know how people have like a fan going on when they need to sleep or right. raindrops. That's what the Pike Place is to me. So I've slowly gotten to that point. It just it took ages and years, though. But as a kid, you know, I would just you would hear everything. Now it's just one big blur of every, of actually, kind of peaceful noise.
0: I was gonna say, is there is there a weird comfort to that noise now?
3: There is, there is. Um, if if I don't hear something, my day is slightly off. Like if if the if I don't hear the fishmongers, that's that means something something's off. If I don't hear the piano guy on the corner. That means my, my day is slightly off. I'm like, oh, I'm missing something. What's missing?
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, Patrick, do you mind? Uh, I'm kind of curious about this this app that you use. When when it does prompt you and, and you go through with the prompts, do you notice how you feel before and after?
2: No, it, it, it doesn't really change much for me. It'll ask me a, a question and granted, I don't use it very often, but when I do, it's only about a minute, and you know, I think about the question it asks, and then it beeps and tells me I'm all done, shows me my heart rate, you know, and, and then I move on. Hmm. So not really taking full advantage of it.
0: Is is it is it is it you not taking advantage of it, or is it just not an effective tool for you?
2: Mm, could be a mix of the two definitely a commitment thing versus a functionality yeah so some of the questions that it asked sometimes i skip it like i don't want to think about that and move on and then otherwise i'm like okay yeah i'll think about that and then maybe 10 seconds later i'll think about something else
3: so with mindfulness is it something that we can eventually train ourselves to do better or is, do you have to constantly be at it or will it like just fade after a while? Like we just kind of, you know, humans tend to revert back to... You kind of have
1: to make it a habit. Well, I'm sure like you with
3: anything, really
2: it, it takes practice and frustrations and commitment to, to ultimately be a useful
1: thing.
3: I mean, I was reading an article here. Um, it was in Harvard investigation. It's like 45 minutes a day, you would do um, mindful techniques and... For eight weeks, it showed significant changes to the structure and function of the brain in certain 45 areas.
2: 45 minutes.
3: Yeah, I know, which is, you know, it's rough because, you know, when you break it down, it's like, oh, I don't
2: have 45 minutes in a day. I don't think it's consecutively, really, but. That's tr- just, just like my walking, you know, when I first started, it was, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes there spread yeah. out throughout the day. And now it's, you know, if I don't get 45 minutes in in one go, it feels weird. Yeah. So I get it. It's it's practice, but wow. Think about well, doing, doing what I'm doing, having the prompt, and then thinking about the thought, that seems, seems like a long time. And
3: I was also reading up um, the doctor, Eric Lopez Maya. I believe he's the director of the Mexican Institution for, for Mindfulness. And what he did is he actually had a test. He did two tests, um, one in Spanish for Latinos and one in English for non-Latinos. And they were just kind of comparing the two tests together. And so the results actually came out exactly the same. I believe he was saying that there's only like maybe about 4% of tests like this done uh, for the Latino community and he wanted to actually represent them. And what he found was like, you know, it was exactly the same. People improved the same um, for all the different categories he tested them on. And I mean, what he came away from it was like this poll practice transcended culture, which is kind of a big thing because a lot of it is, you know, culture based, you know?
0: Yeah. I can tell you, being, uh, both Hindu and Indian, like, you know, we meditation, yoga, uh, being centered. It's, it's just a part of my daily routine that I always thought it was just, just me, you know, just things that I like, but it wasn't until I, I looked back at it and I'm like, wow, it it was actually, you know, the way that I I was raised and grown up and, and is a part of our culture which was pretty exciting to, to understand. When, when you are present and in the moment, what it also does is it helps you learn to use your intuition and to cut down on overthinking. Think about all the times when you are being inundated with which is random thoughts or, or too much information, too much stimulus. You have to take that time out. And it's just a, a quick time out, a few deep breaths, Uh, which is in itself a form of meditation. Uh, Glenn, you've talked about your reading of the Bible and how that centers you. But what, what it does is it teaches you to use your intuition because what you're doing is you're not relying on external information. You're relying on your gut. And that's one of the, definitely one of the things that, that I have worked with others on is trusting your intuition. It's, Tough because we feel we need more information to make an informed decision. But when you do that, you take away from your natural instincts. And the more you can focus on your instincts to guide you into knowing what's right or wrong, uh, what action steps and thought processes align with the way you want to think and believe, that's where you really start noticing a difference coming in to yourself just by paying attention to it if if you do it without any real intention it doesn't have the same effect uh scott I'll, I'll talk to you for example before we started recording uh i made some cold brew that i had been brewing for the past 24 hours and, and chilled and we each had a little bit of a glass of it right yes it was delicious well, thank you and that is my point exactly had i just said oh would you like some cold coffee You would have been like, oh, okay. I mean, you wouldn't have thought twice about it. But because I walked you through the process of what it took to get there, you could taste the complexity of the flavors and pay more attention to it. And the same thing happens with being centered. You can tell someone, okay, you know, get your head in the game, center yourself. And you're like, okay, done. But are you really? You know, it's, it's only once you truly pay attention to that, that you are in that mindset.
3: Yeah, I think like with um, being mindful is just you know how to react. Like you know, there's one thing about listening to another person, like you know, just air their grievances out. But you know, it's I could just sit here and just bounce ideas off of them all day. But if I'm actually more mindful, I sit back and I'm like, okay, well, this means a lot to this person. Maybe I should focus more on this part. You know, if they're having going through like something big, like you know, losing a loved one or something, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, oh, okay, well, let's go. Grab a a couple beers and forget about this. Like, no, no, we're going to, I'm going to let you air out everything. And then we'll, we'll go from there. Not, not just, you know, a quick band aid patch. You know, you're technically not in the moment at that point. You're just kind of looking, you know, they're just talking to a wall that's bouncing back.
1: Patrick, I, oh, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? Yeah. Yes, please do.
0: Glenn Rucks. At work.
1: Don't you think mindfulness could help us in our careers? Oh, do you mind expanding on that? So let's, let's say you get a sales job. Now, most of us here have been in sales. I mean, Scott, even you. I know. Against my answer, will. Right? <laughs> so we have to listen to our customers' needs. We have to actually be mindful of what they're asking for, understand what they're asking for, and understand their actual needs versus just their desires. Because customers don't always know the things that we know about what we're selling. Maybe they don't have the right terminology. I mean, they they could come up and say, "Yeah, I got this uh, email thing that, you know, I, I don't know how to program it." Okay, are you talking about Exchange then? Yeah, we're we're going to understand Exchange. They may they maybe not. Maybe they're new to the industry. But if we're mindful of what they're actually asking, what they're what they're saying, what their their pain points are, we're going to be better in sales. Now, if uh, we're understanding their emotional state, we're going to be able to well quite honestly, take advantage of that in a way, right? (laughs) (laughs) As a salesperson, you're always listening to find ways to take advantage of the situation, provide better information to your customer, and hopefully pull in a sale. Uh, So, yeah, being mindful in your career and, and practicing mindfulness in every aspect of your life, not only your emotions and your personal life, your relationships, but also your career. You can better your career by being mindful of the situations you're currently in. If someone gives you an impossible task, it suddenly doesn't become impossible.
0: Patrick, I I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on on something. At the very beginning, you were talking about reflection. What what has been your experience? I know you've you've journaled and and on your walks a lot of times, you don't listen to any music, you're just present and and kind of thinking. Uh what if what benefits have you seen from reflecting and, and just being centered and, and bringing your mind front and center
2: it's certainly helped bringing those puzzle pieces together you know you have you're thinking about all these different components and slowly but surely understanding how they kind of fit together in certain ways and then you know that haha moments happen like oh it, it's it's kind of like uh, marinating the thought a little bit just letting it kind of cook and slowly build up and and gather its seasoning until it's perfectly done oh yeah no, I'm not hungry in any way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But that's, that's been the benefit for me because if, if I'm, it, it's kind of like letting your mind, I have a thought here. It's like letting your mind basically kind of find the solution on its own by not overanalyzing it, but just kind of naturally letting that thought marinate a bit. You know, you're you're tuning out the distractions, and I, when I when I reflect the most, I do have music, but I'm not listening to it. It's just there. It's it's tuning out the distractions around me, and creating more of a, uh, a an easier way to think and process information for me.
3: Almost like a little focal, like a focus point.
2: Kind of. I, I usually I don't even notice it's going on in the background. It's just nice to have something in my ear, and I'm not listening to the traffic and um, the, the sounds of Boeing <laughs> next to me and <laughs> going off. So.
0: May I ask you a follow-up question? Yes. Um, This is a a thinking one here. When you you do that and and you get a sense of reflection, do you think it helps you focus on the interpretations of the results rather than the results themselves? And what I mean by that is I, I feel like to the average person, they concentrate on the results it was either positive or negative, good or bad, happy or sad. But reflecting, I think what it does is it helps you interpret the results. Why was it happy? Why was it sad? Why was it good? Why was it bad? It's it's a lot more than just what's the end, but it's how did you get there? And how did you help reach that ultimate result? Was it your your thinking was it your actions you know what i mean here
2: no i do And a lot of my walking i wouldn't call it reflection because it's more on how do i get to the desired result and then coming up with the game plan process there but when i do kind of think about okay why am i like this or or why is this happening and i kind of work backwards a little bit and understand the components of it that does help kind of build that roadmap as well so both ways can happen you you can do forward thinking, come up with action items and plans and and whatnot, and you can go backwards too. You can, how did I get to this moment?
0: So with that, could you also work backwards from the desired result you want?
2: Yeah, you could. how
0: How did how does that work?
2: You you basically kind of figure out what you need, what you want, and then it kind of just comes naturally to you. You you, you get the game plan if you reflect on it long enough, and then that just kind of
1: tells you how to get there it's like giving you the steps backwards yeah because i want a million dollars okay what do i need to get a million dollars i need to you know
2: what's been the most interesting for my with these walks is a lot of times things just come to you naturally you're Like you, you, you're not really thinking i don't i overanalyze everything i, I love getting into my own head and just understanding how every piece is moving but on walks i'm not really doing that i'm just kind of thinking of more the emotions of things why am i feeling this way or how did it get here uh how can i fix it these kind of questions is is what i'm going through but if i'm if i have a challenge and i have a desired result i'll think of that and then all of a sudden just aha something will come to me Mm -hmm. and then i can you know marinate on that a little bit longer and kind of come up with that plan but yeah, it's just asking these these deep thought provoking questions and truly trying to understand what that means and how this works and I I've, I've been enjoying it. I, sometimes I'll even talk to myself, you know, not even my head. I'll get in arguments. Nice. People think I'm probably crazy walking through and some guy is screaming down the road.
3: They'll leave you alone <laughs> though, I guarantee. Yeah. That.
2: What
0: about you, Glenn? I know you mentioned you know the <laughs> I didn't mean to catch you. Uh, Mid-lollipop in your mouth. Dum-dum, uh, <laughs> dum-dum. Uh, but you've talked about the Bible, which mm-hmm. is important to you, you know, growing up in a, in a household where your, your dad uh, was a pastor. What are some of the other things that you use to implement reflection?
1: Well, <laughs> for me, I use reflection to understand my emotional state and how to avoid be- getting into that emotional state to begin with. Right when I know what my triggers are, I can see those triggers coming, and I'll actually go, "Okay, this is about to happen. I can't let myself get to that point where I get angry or I get sad or I let those emotions take over." It's okay to feel emotions. I mean, I'm—you know—we're not Vulcans. We're not turning into Spock here, right? But that should—should should we be striving for that though? No, not at all. Okay, we're emotional beings, and we need to—we need to. Embrace our emotions, but not let them control us. Mm, so a
0: little bit more Romulan.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh. a little more Romulan. There we go. Uh, I don't know what that is.
0: Well, so way back when in the history of Star Trek, you <laughs> had <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Okay. everyone who was a Vulcan who suppressed their emotions and think logically, like Spock being the, the most famous one. And then uh, what happened was there were some individuals who believed that wasn't the case. You should trust your emotions yeah. And uh, they actually branched off to become Romulans. And they're more emotional based, but they went on the far extreme of emotion to where logic isn't what powers them. It's emotion and volatile emotion. Right.
1: So you Uh. just need to find that happy medium between Vulcan and Romulan, I guess. Yeah. I don't know anything about Star Trek. I'm not a geek. Not at
2: all. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense.
1: So okay. The next generation was garbage anyway. Oh DS9. no! Oh no!
3: Uh, but no. But talking about that, like you know, we kind of touched about it like before. Talking about stoicism and everything, mm-hmm. and taking a back seat and actually focusing on the bigger picture, focusing on things that you kind of can control. And you know, one of the other things was acceptance. You know, you don't confuse that with uh, what's the word? Uh, complacent. Right, you know, There are things that are going to happen outside your control that pretty much, you know, that you can't do anything about, but you can learn to accept them and work around them.
2: So as we, as we wrap this up, you know, we talked about mindfulness, how, how we kind of utilize it, different techniques, you know, try approaching that stuff in your everyday, you know, whether it's thinking in your head, reflecting, journaling, using different apps, but it is definitely a powerful tool that can help you. You know, in your every day. This has been the GYST podcast. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Thanks everyone for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your f- together.